Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for everything, reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was. I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life-changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasik.com. That's auroralasik.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasik.com. Let's get to uh, our guy, Seahawks reporter Curtis Crabtree, joins us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline right now. Sir, how are you? Good. What's going on? Can you start off by doing your pucket imitation for me? Oh, geez. I don't remember what it was, but it was good at the moment, wasn't it? Yeah. You don't, what do you mean? You don't, it you, was like, you're paranoid because he's like, not here? Or because he's here, I, rather? No, no, no. I don't have any problem with that. No, it was something like... Um, you know, I'm just going to be angry at everything. Tell people they can't have catch up on hot dogs and and just be miserable generally. Tell they, tell them they can't have fun at anything they do. I think you added. I think true. it was a more light. It was a little lighter. Plus, you mentioned a jersey wearing. You went through like five oh, of these yeah, rules. That's right. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that one. That was yeah, are, that was part are, of it. Curtis, those are that's not being angry. Those are just life rules. Those are <laughs> you should live by these rules. You don't put a ketchup on a hot dog unless you're under the age of twelve. Oh God! All right, being angry. That's being smart. So George Fant made the team. Congratulations. Uh, next time I see you, I don't know when I'll see you. Uh, but tomorrow night. Tomorrow night I'll see you at Safeco. So I'll bring you a – how would you like it, in a, in a $5 bill or in, in, in crisp ones? I know oh. you, after a game, you like to head down the street, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> However you want to go about it there, yeah. Puck, would be just fine. Congratulations. Nice. So you were never surprised that he made the team. You, 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 no. you were told from day one – Literally, that that he was going to make the football team. Ultimately, why did he make it? Uh, because they think he's a future star as a left tackle. He's um, he's a guy that he rarely ends up on the ground. Um, moves his feet incredibly well, being a former basketball player. Um, he just doesn't know how to play football yet. Uh, but they think that, given the time to learn the position, that he has a chance to really be something special at that spot. They think he's a stronger player physically than Gary Gilliam is even though it's kind of a similar type of development with him switching to tight end so late in his college career. Um, but that's kind of the, some of the reasons as to why he made the team. Now, obviously, ideally, they don't want him to play this year uh, unless he has to until later on in the season. But that, that's why he's around, is because they think he can be a potential really, really good left tackle. They keep nine offensive linemen. They'll activate eight every game. He'll be inactive, we would assume, most games. So that's it, it, And it's, it's a redshirt year, and it's a guy that they feel that good about, then – and it kind of became apparent as the, as the the camp was going on that he was going to be there. Let's let's kind of go through this and and maybe before we even go through some of the position groups, Curtis and and, and Puck and you and I kind of toss these around because we have not had a chance to chew on it since it happened on Saturday. And the goofy thing with the NFL, it's like the one day of the year they kind of take a back seat to things. It's the first day of the year of the college football. And by the way, the transactions are coming out, so it might get lost. And you never in, know in when watch. it's actually coming out. Yeah, it's it's like when, sometime in the middle of the afternoon. But before we go with that. Has there been anything done today? They they signed Tupal, right, uh, to bring him back. They brought Tony Tupal back to, to be a fullback after Tukafu was, was waived. Any other moves made today? That's the only thing I saw uh, when Condota reported that about Tupal to, to take the spot of L.J. McCray, who was sent back to the 49ers due to failing that physical. I hadn't seen anything else. They, they still need to officially announce about four spots on their practice squad, too. Um, I believe the ones that we know for sure are. Well, you know what? Let me, let, me, let me cut you off. Yeah. Let me just cut yeah. you off because they literally – as I as you speak, they just signed that they sent a roster moves out. Okay, um, yeah, I'm looking so, at that now. Yeah, too. Tony Tupau is assigned to the 53 man roster. Practice squad players are as follows: Marcus Lucas, a wide receiver; Jordan Tripp, a linebacker; Tyler Harris, a defensive end; 
Kenny Lawler, who was their draft pick, a wide receiver. Will Precheck, a guard slash center. Rodney Smith, a wide receiver. Cason Williams, a wide receiver from Washington, obviously, who they probably want to get healthy. And if he does get healthy, probably a candidate to be on that 53-man at some point. And then Puck, Kashe Palacio, uh, who was their leading tackler in the preseason and was actually a – I mean, he, they had him in the middle for the most part and played outside in college, but they like him a lot, so he gets re-signed as well. They did make uh, other following moves. Trade condition not satisfied. Curtis just mentioned this, LJ McCray, because he failed the physical. And wave from injury reserve – David Perkins and Josh Shirley. So there you go. They've announced uh, their practice squad. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got eight on the practice squad. Is that what you have? Yeah, they they still have two two openings in the in the in the final six you listed there. We knew last night. Yeah. Um, Marcus Lucas and Jordan Tripp were were new additions of us today. Okay. So there we go. Well, let's start. Let's start at the top of the list. Quarterbacks. Boykin is the backup. Surprised. Uh, marginally, yeah, especially when a guy like Andy Murray went through waivers unclaimed and ended up on a practice squad in Arizona. Um, you know, I, I get that Boykin is a similar style quarterback to Russell Wilson, and that's something that they they would like to have. He's a guy who completed 52% of his passes in the preseason. Um, you know, it it would be something I'd be un, un, uneasy about. Um, but certainly they obviously feel like with some time that he can, he can do enough to hold that spot, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, you still have guys out there. I mean, I, you know, we've mentioned his name a long time ago. Obviously, there's no interest in someone like Michael Vick, and Michael Vick probably just isn't getting interest around the league, part because of his play and certainly the age. But I think when you look at him, you're like, well, okay, he's 36, I believe. If if you needed him, I think you would feel more comfortable. I would think on the outside looking in, you would be more comfortable with someone like him leading you rather than a rookie. But you know, even like a Josh, uh, excuse me, a Jimmy Clausen's available. Uh, Josh Freeman, we we were talking earlier about Freeman. I think off the off the air about there must be something wrong with him. He seems to have all kind of the the looks of a quarterback, but just isn't isn't sticking with the team. It, there seem to be options out there, but but they're not willing to pull the trigger. I, I'm curious why, what what the fascination with Boykin is. Well, look, I mean, at this point, it is in some ways difficult because you are trying to throw a quarterback in the first week of the regular season and get him up to speed and all. So it is a difficult proposition. Um, it's just a matter of is, is Boykin good enough? Um, and I, you know, I, I I have not felt like he has been throughout training camp, but you know, he can certainly run around and do a few things. And I think the fact that he managed some game situations well, despite the fact that he struggled particularly in the final preseason game, um, you know, isn't a great sign. But you know, it's not like there's you know all pro quarterback options out there either. So. Um, you know, you're, you're grabbing somebody that every other team in the league has, doesn't have right now. So, you know, I guess there's a consensus as to why those guys aren't on rosters at the moment. Yeah, I would tend to agree with Curtis in that sense. I think they, they, they have a guy that's been with them since, since the spring. He knows their system, and, you know, he does have an athletic ability that a lot of the other guys don't have. So for what he lacks in terms of accuracy and things like that, experience, maybe if, if it was a pinch and he did have to play, they feel like maybe athletically he might make a play for him. Along the way, let's be honest, if, if Russell Wilson were to go down for any long period stretch of time, it's probably a moot point anyway. I mean, it's, you're talking about a guy that if, if he has to manage a game or two, you run the hell out of the football and hope your defense can win it for you and get through it. Through it you know, what I think is interesting is if, you know, to get off the quarterbacks for a second, if the, the deal did not go through with the McCray kid, and, you know, he had you know, passed his physical, would they have started the season with not a fullback? And if they had done that, who would have been the on the roster? Who would have been the guy that would have, would have at times on plays that they needed one filled in for that spot? Or were they, Curtis, do you think ultimately were going to add that guy, they just were going to wait to do it? 
Well, what I think uh, you have to keep in mind is that veter- uh, vested veterans, if they're on the roster week one, get their entire year's salary fully guaranteed. Uh, and I think that's why you saw a guy like Will Tukawafu released. Um, I think it's a certain possibility that he could be back with the team as early as next Tuesday um, once they get through the first week and then they can have him on the roster on a week-by-week basis. Um, that may be their plan with fullback moving forward. And, and Tupo is the guy they like the idea of as a fullback to begin with. He just had the broken bone in his hand throughout all camp, and that kind of hindered his possibility there. So I don't know how they're going to handle it throughout the future, but I think that would be the obviously the two the two obvious options for it now that he's uh, Tupo's back on the roster, and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Tupo off the back. They're going to go uh, – let's just – we'll stay on – just overall on the offense. You know, if you kind of look and pencil it out, the running backs, they, they they make the Collins pick over Pope, who then signs with the Jets. If people miss that, Troy Main Pope, who was their leading rusher in the preseason, signed with the New York Jets. So they do keep Collins. They've got four plus plus the one, and the one would be Tupou. Uh, wide receivers, they only keep five. Tanner McAvoy, who's dinged up a little bit right now, is your fifth wide receiver. The tight ends, they keep four. Offensive linemen, we kind of mentioned them. They kept nine. Probably no huge surprise there. Just offensively, what surprised you, if anything, Curtis, before we move to the other side of the ball? Not a ton. Um, you know, in, in my final projection that I did for the website, I kept Will Precheck over Alex Collins um, because I, Alex Collins just doesn't do a whole lot for me. I think he, you know, just looks slow when he's running the football. We talked about that on Friday when I was in with you. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, you're splitting hairs there over the 25th roster spot on the offense. I mean, it's not really all that, you know, big an issue to kind of split hairs over. So, um, no real surprises there. I think that was the only one that I didn't get correct on my proje- projections. Just you know, because it seemed like for the most part the offensive side of the football became pretty chalk by by the end of camp. Yeah, if they were going to keep ten puck offensive linemen, then they would have had to take it from somewhere else, and it would have been that fourth running back. I kind of thought they might lean that way. Yeah. They got pre-checked through to the practice squad, a guy that did play some center for him in that final game, and I think they, you know. That's what the practice squad, it, ideally, that's probably what it's for. If you can stash a couple guys, Kaysen being one, Precheck being another, Collins, I'm with you. I don't, I don't get it. He's going to be inactive every game unless somebody gets hurt. Just even on, even on when he has given a great opportunity on Thursday at times, he just didn't seem to do anything for you. This is why I think sometimes I, I love the, the, I love their mantra of competition, and I buy into it. And I think everyone buys into it. But you can't tell me that Alex Collins outcompeted uh, Pope because he didn't. Pope right. won that job, was better than him. Yep. Was better than him in practice, mm-hmm. was better than him in the games. And so that, I think that just comes down to hey, we drafted him and we, we'd want to keep him over well, the Pope, other guys. Pope, Pope is a flashier runner of the group. I don't think he's as good of a, a pass protector um, as Collins is. But certainly, you know, the fact that he was the draft pick and Pope was not certainly played into it. And, and Tormian Pope is also five foot seven. He's a small running back. So being able to be proficient in pass protection could be prob- problematic there as well. Are you saying short people can't play football? Not exactly, but I'm <laughs> saying they struggle with it a little bit more so than bigger people. Would you agree? You could make an argument that most running backs, young running backs in the league, one thing they struggle with right out of the gate is pass protection. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a learning curve that you need to see. I mean, heck, Chris and Michael struggled with it for years. Right. Probably probably still will. How surprised (laughs) were you guys? When I saw this news, and get it, I understand the health and all of it and the injuries, but I I, still with all that information about Jordan Hill, Curtis, I'm a little stunned that that they waived him. Were you? 
not particularly only because of the injury issue. And, you know, he, he tweaked his hamstring in the preseason finale again against the Raiders, and I don't know the severity of that issue. So, I mean, if it's something that was going to keep him out a month or something or three weeks or I, I don't know the timeline of that would have been. You know, in that regard, it would make sense for them to do something like that. If you can't contribute with them for an extended amount of time, then you, you make a roster move. But I, I agree in that I think healthy, he's still probably one of their top 40 players. Um, and obviously he had that stretch at the end of the season a few years ago where he had five and a half sacks in the final six weeks of the season in 2014. Um, but he's only appeared in 27 games out of a possible 48 regular season games and missed most of the postseason games throughout that, the stretch that he's been with the team due to injury issues, and he just can't stay healthy. Uh, and that's his biggest biggest problem right now. And then the fact that, that he was Pete Carroll on Wednesday before the game, before the team left for Oakland, basically laid, it, laid the gauntlet down for him and Collins. You know, you're yeah. going to play, we got to see you, you got to play some, blah, 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 all that. He goes out there, plays under 30 snaps, tweaks his hamstring, and then Carroll volunteers afterwards. You know, because I don't know if any of us even knew he was hurt. He was on the sideline, he wasn't being tended to, and then all of a sudden Pete just, yeah, he's got a hamstring. And you could just tell kind of the frustration, I think, with Carroll. I almost wonder if that's one of those things like, you know what, we uh, we just can't do it. You know, like we, we, we cannot, every week there's something new. Maybe not the kid's fault, it just happens, but we cannot count on it, so we move Thanks. on. What, what just top the front five, uh, the front four, D ends, D tackles outside of Hill. Anything jump out at you? Uh, no, I thought it was pretty chalk. I, I mean, I don't know much about the Garrett Smith uh, guy that they grabbed from the 49ers off uh, off waivers. Um, he is going to replace Justin Hamilton, who made the initial 53. I would assume that if he clears waivers here this afternoon, he'd be a guy that they would add to the practice squad as well. Um, you know, pretty. It's by the end that group looks pretty chalk as well. The only other guy who was kind of in the mix was maybe Ryan Robinson, who uh, who was also waived over the weekend. So I, I think that group makes a whole lot of sense. Um, Jaron Reed, once he gets healthy, looks like he'll be a good contributor for them this year. Looks pretty strong throughout the preseason, and the fact that Tony McDaniel's come back and look as strong, looked as strong as he has is really quite impressive because he's you see he looks really good. Uh, and that could be a nice find for them to add back to that mix. Well, the best stories of camp. Guys out there cruising around Leavenworth ends up coming in and making the team and looking good in the process. Linebacker Starter at no- nose? Uh, uh, probably week one, I think that's a possibility. Given Reed Reed's, doesn't. Uh, in, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think in that situation you see Ruben kick down the nose and, and McDaniel play the three-tech. Yeah, because if, if, if Jaron Reed can't get, get, get on the field this week, that's what they'll end up having to do. So when you're a little, I got a bad feeling they're going to miss me, Bane. Not not to say that they were brought back, but yep. I just there's just there's a bad feeling right there. They keep five linebackers, maybe maybe six, depending on where we want to put Marsh at, kind of a swing guy, but uh no surprise there. Although were you surprised Kevin Pierre Lewis? Yes, no? What'd you have with no, him? No, he's such a, a core special teams guy for them and his speed on kickoffs is such a, a weapon for them. I, that doesn't surprise me. And then Eric Tinkins was probably one of the last linebackers waived and um, he was also dealing with an injury. Apparently, he was one of the waived injured designations. Right. So he, you know, he, he did not particularly impress in uh, in in the preseason like everybody thought he might do, uh, given the position change he, as a same linebacker spot. He was given every opportunity. You know, I guess yeah. when you go back to what Puck said about competition, he, he was given every opportunity to be the guy. Just didn't just didn't earn a job and and was uh, cast off. All right, the DBs. Uh, when it's all said and done, jumping uh, DeAndre Elliott. We talked about him on Friday. Uh, Curtis, where I, I said there's a lot of talk about, you know, they like this guy. He looks bigger than 6'1", 190, I think is what they list him at. He looks, he's a big, strong-looking kid. Uh, he got dinged up a little bit in that game on against Oakland, but they keep DeAndre Elliott. I guess that's probably the biggest surprise, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think it probably is. Um, just because for most of the camp, it wasn't like he was doing a ton to kind of pop out, stand out for you. Um, you know, but by the end of camp, I, you know, it would have made sense to me that he would have been kept over a type of Powell potentially, but they ended up keeping both of them and then trading for two safety, uh, to throw into the mix as well before McCray failed his physical. So, um, you know, they had 12 guys in the secondary on this roster here over the weekend, which is a ton. Um, now, clearly those guys were, uh, you know, those guys will be special teams players, and I think that obviously factors into it here. They're keeping extra, extra DBs instead of extra linebackers to play those roles. Um, but certainly Elliott has to be among the ones that's probably the most uh, most surprising me of the roster by the end. Does Gresham fall in the same category as Tuco Offo in terms of a vested veteran? Uh, Clint Gresham? Yeah. Uh, yes. I believe so. Would yeah, there be yeah, a possibility a, then he could come back, or do they just they like freeze? I think the ship sailed on that puck. I really something do. happened. Uh, well, Gresham he relationship he wasn't great last year. He was not great last year. Well, he had Aaron Sapps a year ago. Well, the um, one that people bring up though is in minus fourteen degrees. I, I'm not talking about that one. Yeah. I mean, he had some. He's other better than the guy that's snapping now, though. Well, he snapped well, well on Thursday. Yeah, one out and of he's four been, games, and he's, and he's been hurt. When he didn't tell yeah. anybody, and they loved that. And he's also their leading special teams tackler, which I think they like the athleticism he gets down the yeah. field. And he's really cheap. <laughs> now, yeah. now, when he has an errant snap in a game, when we'll see how much it costs you. A game costs you, but we'll or see. a punt yeah. that you need. Yeah, I, that, that's probably one of those positions you can change out at the, at the moment's notice if you need to. But he was. It wasn't like Gresham was breaking the bank, was he? Well, he was. Making. He was making a pretty decent kind was of thing. He making a million was, bucks? He made over mm-hmm. a million last year. Yeah. Right? Right, and he was yeah, even know. even if you cut him, you bring him back. He's still, I think, the veteran minimum is seven hundred thousand. But I, the freeze kid, they, I think they like the fact he didn't tell him he was hurt. He was hurt. They tried to figure it out, but it's that we. I heard condone on with with Chuck. We got to wrap this up. I know, but you know, when you have so much money invested in so few players on your roster, you know, whether it be the quarterback, wow. the the a, D, a couple DBs. You know, when you kind of go through that list, even now with Baldwin, when you have so much money, Curtis, wrapped up in a, in a handful of guys, you've got to go cheap elsewhere, don't you? Well, you do. I mean, that's that's the whole welcome to being a good football team. This is yep. what it is. You know, this is how you have to do things. So, um, you know, you have to continue to keep young players in the pipeline so that when, you're, you know, your veterans come up for contracts, you're able to change out uh, your pieces and stay cheaper and younger because otherwise the system just doesn't work with the salary cap. So that's all part of it, and that's why you had those types of roster moves throughout the offseason because the dollars matter. Um, and so that's, you know, that's why Clint Gresham was let go and, you know, um, from everything I understand. And so, you know, that's kind of how that's played out. That's why that number from Shield Capadia that I saw over the weekend from ESPN.com. So 14 rookies make the team, five undrafted, 43.4% of their roster. 23 players are undrafted free agents. 46% yeah. on the defense. Think about that. 46% of the guys on their defense were undrafted. That's crazy. Well, and then, and then another one is if you add Tony Tupo into the mix here, as they obviously have, you have 15 rookies on the roster and seven of those guys being undrafted <laughs> this year alone. And so that that number actually changes. It goes up one. Uh, we will, uh, Curtis, thank you. Uh, they got practice today coming up here in about an hour, right? They go 2 to 4, yeah. 2 30 to 4, something like that. And then uh, they're kind of on their regular schedule. Off tomorrow, Wednesday is their, we'll, we'll be out there Wednesday, I guess. Uh, Puck, you and me, we'll be out there, the Pete Carroll News Conference, all that stuff. And it's, it's finally game week. We get that regular routine. So we'll, uh, we'll keep checking stuff out at sportsradiokjr.com. And of course, Curtis also with Pro Football Talk. So thank you, sir, for popping on with us today. 
Yes, see you guys. All right, there no you go. No ketchup on your hot dog. Yeah, and uh, no ketchup. And uh, check that swing plane and five dollars for plane. George. George Fant got you. Get, get you five dollars. Uh, I think there was drop ins- your hands. Get into the. Get into the. Uh, There's some the right insider angle. insider trading with that, by the way, with him taking that five bucks from you. I mean, you guys can take that up amongst yourself, but he. He had it on pretty good authority when he was adamant about that. So I, yeah, I uh, if it's Wall me. Street, he'd be going to jail. No, but you give him $5. Me. Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend, Dr. Jay Rudd at Aurora LASIK and AuroraLASIK.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLASIK.com. That's AuroraLASIK.com. Dr. Jay Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's AuroraLASIK.com for your refractive lens exchange.